Good morning and welcome to Community Connections with Children's Services Council of St. Lucie County. I am one of your still remote hosts, Sean Boyle, and with me is... Ashley Mock. And welcome to the half-hour radio program that comes to you every Sunday on 104.5 The Flame at 10 a.m. to talk about resources and things that are available for children and families in our great community we call St. Lucie County. Now, real quick, we at the Children's Services Council, I got I to gotta go through these five things, folks, every single show. <laughs> Uh, real quick, we are not radio show professionals, but what we do at the Children's Services Council, Ashley, I, our entire team, and the board is five things for our community. And those five things are, one, to make sure every baby's a healthy baby, two, to stop child abuse before it happens, three, to keep kids off the streets, four, to keep them in school, and five, to keep them off drugs, alcohol, and other risky behaviors by offering programs and resources for all families in our community. So Sean always talks about those priority areas and the best way really to learn more about them outside of listening to this radio show is to visit our website, which is csclc.org. We have a list of all of the programs there along with their contact information. So if there is something that you're looking for, that's really a great place to find it. Um, I will say in this kind of weird time of uh, our summer programs opening, are they not opening? I know lots of parents have had questions. Um, We do have a list of our summer programs that we're participating with this summer. Um, We are trying to make sure that the information there is updated and that we have all of the up-to-date information, but there is certainly stuff changing every day. So if there's a program location or topic that you're interested in, I would just encourage you to get the contact information and call the program directly um, because there is there is stuff changing all the time and we're trying to keep up with it, but we can't, we can't do it all. So um, contacting them directly is a really good way. I know most of them are actually getting ready to open in the next couple of weeks if they aren't serving kids already. So um, that's, that's a good list to find uh, on our website. Yeah, it's an, it's an ever-changing environment, and, and the good news is a lot of them are opening um, because of safety reasons. Maybe there might are not as many slots available, but there are openings, so be sure um, that if you don't know what your child's doing this summer, uh, jump on there, call the one that's, you know, that is of interest to you or your child or one that's close to you, whatever your selection preference is, but make sure that you call them um, and, and get your spot reserved because it's important that our kids have somewhere uh educational, fun, I'm sorry, I should have started with the fun, fun, (laughs) educational, and safe to go during the summer. So we kind of have a special show, I think it's fair to say. Um, And in order to lead to that, I I first want to just briefly talk about how the show got started. So nine years ago, and we know that because somebody found that out for us, but we know we've been doing That's why it was Facebook memories. That's right. Nine years ago, uh, we started doing the show um, and we started doing it on WIRA uh, for an hour in the afternoon. And now we're on WFLM, the uh, FM station on Sundays. And the show came about because uh, there were things happening in our community uh, and there was a community forum and we attended that community forum and we listened and we heard what people wanted and we heard what people needed. And we, approach Larry Lee at that time to say, look, we were in these listening sessions and we know that there's a gap between the resources that are out there and the knowledge of people that need those services. So can we work with you to get that information out? And, you know, Larry being Larry talked us into doing this radio program. And while we were scared out of our minds, 
uh, nine years ago to do it, it has evolved and it's become something that I know that I look forward to doing. I still get nervous doing it. I, I, I look forward to doing, I look forward to highlighting and bringing people on and to talk about resources. And the whole idea is that people are listening. Yeah. Just like we listen, that people are listening and, and can absorb that information if it's applicable or pass that on. So I say all that because we're going to do a listening session today. Uh, we are not blind and we are very much aware of what's happening in, in our world. Uh, it was stressful enough with a pandemic. And then you tag on to that, in addition to that, what we saw with George Floyd in, in Minnesota and what we saw all across the nation our, our reaction to it um, and the impact. And I feel like we're on a, uh, a precipice for significant change, right? Like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times tragedy does bring that about. Um, but while, while we are watching and observing, we also know that our children are observing and watching. And it's important that we have a dialogue about how to talk to our kids about what's going on. So I'm going to let I'm sorry, Ashley, I don't, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Uh, we, we normally don't script out our shows and this is really not that much different. Uh, but we, we know that this is a topic that we need to have and, and we're grateful to have a platform to do it. And we think that this is just one of many conversations that we can have, but we want to start somewhere and us being the Children's Services Council. We want to start with children, obviously. We're going to start with kids. And I'll, so while you let them in, I'll just say too, so the, the two people that were bringing into the room, um, I think when Sean and I talked about who we wanted to have this conversation with, um, I think they were really two people that, it was probably the only people that really came to mind um, at first. And I think they're, we are really lucky in our community that we have people that are doing work like this, that are starting conversations like this, um, that we have the opportunity to talk to them and learn from them and share their expertise um, with everybody. So I'm really excited about um, getting this conversation started. I, I, I don't know if Sean mentioned, I, we've said this many times as we've talked about it, this is not going to be the only conversation that we have about it for sure. Um, but we think this is a good place to start. Um, and we hope that as you listen and as we continue this conversation, that we can kind of move forward together and figure out what our role is and how everyone can kind of put us on the right path. So let me, I know they're, they're watching us talk about them. <laughs> I'm going to talk about them a little bit more. So uh, we at the Children's Services Council, if you've watched the show or if you know what we do and who we are, uh, we are in the business of improving the lives of children. And oftentimes to do that, you have to meet families where they're at and you have to listen to them. And a lot of the families that we serve are voiceless or don't have a strong voice until we go and our partners or us go and interact with them. And it's our responsibility to listen. It's our responsibility to give them a voice. And it's our responsibility to get them whatever it is that they need. And sometimes that may include removing a barrier and a systematic barrier. Um, but it's our job to listen. So we're going to listen. And I, we brought Crystal and Will on because there's two, um, two, two reasons why we selected these two individuals, as Ashley just mentioned. One, they're awesome people. They're parents. And, and we want to talk about how to talk about this with children. But two things. One, I spent the weekend with Will uh, doing Operation Dinner Table, a, a great That's initiative awesome. by the Boys and Girls Club. And I saw our community come together like – 
it was amazing. It was truly inspiring and amazing. And then I came home and, and saw what was happening all across America over the weekend. And I think I've talked to Will more than my wife uh, during this pandemic, and she may be a little bit jealous, but I feel like he and I have a strong relationship Absolutely. to have this honor, honest conversation. And then, and, and then we have Crystal Morris from Tykes and Teens, who I don't know super well. She's done training for us on implicit bias, but she actually emailed me this weekend and said, hey, Sean, you got to do something. And I appreciated that. And I, I, I'm not going to express all of our conversation, but I was, I was vulnerable with her and I was honest with her and told her, you know, I don't, I don't even know where to start, like, and, and, and help me. And she agreed to help. So we have with us today, and we want you to introduce yourselves way better than what we are. Uh, Will Armstead, the CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of St. Lucie County, and Crystal Morris, I, I believe the Healthy Families Director in Vero Beach for Tykes and Teens. Yeah. I might have messed up that title, Crystal. I apologize. Just a small bit. It's fine. It's fine. All, right. All right. So do y'all want to enter? I mean, that's our kind of introduction. Do you want to introduce yourselves just a little bit more? Or? Well, I'm going to take it old school. I'm going to let Crystal go first. Oh, look at you being All a right. gentleman. Thank well, you. Nice. Um, like Sean said, my name's Crystal Morris. I'm the director of Vero Beach Services for Tykes and Teens. And with that, I manage our Healthy Families program, as well as our alternative to out-of-school suspension program. Um, I do a lot of trainings in the community, and the, the big one is on implicit bias. Right. I and, and, short. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And the implicit bias training is phenomenal. I know we, we did it with our team. Um, and, and if you have the opportunity, contact her. She's a phenomenal trainer. Will, you're from the Boys and Girls Club. If somebody's watching and don't know who you are, I can't help you on that. He's an issue. But, well, but but you're you're a, you're a father. You're from the Bronx. You said the Bronx. Yeah, you're from the Bronx, um, right? You, you, so oh no, he's Sean. See, that's where you and I are gonna like not be friends. Wrong bird. I'm from Brooklyn, brother. Oh, Brooklyn, my bad, Brooklyn. My bad. I'm so I'm so sorry. And before the show, you said I needed to be good, and you start off. Kind of uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm gonna be bad now. Yeah. All right. My bad. My bad. Hey, at least I was New York. Well, at least you were New York. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm glad you said it that way. And and first of all, I admire all of you that are on the screen. And, and Crystal, we've become, I'm going to say, friends over the last year because you've done so many wonderful things for not just the kids that we serve, but my staff. And that's been awesome. What I like, the thing that you said, Sean, right out the gate, I'm a I'm a man and I'm a I'm a father first, you know. So before you put titles of CEO and all those other things, I'm a human. I'm a man. I I raise kids, and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation because um, I don't think we're ever gonna go backwards from here. But I'm never gonna uh, fake to be the expert at some of the dialogue, uh, but that's why we're going to have people like Crystal and, and other folks that uh, that's their specialty. I know one thing is I love our country. I love our state. I love our community. I believe we have uh, one of the best communities out there. What happened this Saturday, it wasn't just happening in uh, just in that one location it was happening across the entire county, and there were so many people involved in it. 
And uh, I've rewatched the tape of that dinner table, Operation Dinner Table, a lot of times already because I was just just so impressed to have young and older, I'm not going to say old, right, black and white and retired and people who've lost their jobs, people who have good jobs, people in the political arena, you know, people in the nonprofit arena. So, you know, we've proven that we can make change and we can do some really cool things. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this dialogue. All right. So unfortunately, and I apologize, by the way, uh, about the Bronx Brooklyn thing. You know, I, 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 I started, you, I started before we went you. in about how even before every radio show, I get nervous. So, uh, you know, I, I do this stuff all the time. Will. so, um, uh, let's just jump right into it because it's only a half hour and yes. I'm looking at the clock. Um, and, and, and honestly, the reason why we're all here too, is we're all parents, um, and of children of different ages. So in light of everything that's going on, I'm just going to put it out there. How do we talk? I mean, our kids are, are seeing this, watching this, whether even if we think that they're not, kids observe everything. So how do we talk to our kids about what's going on? I, I think we have an open conversation. It's comfortable to say we don't see color and we raise kids to not see color. But as I talk in my trainings, when you ignore my color, you ignore my rich cultural background. I'm a very proud Jamaican. Um, And that's tied to my color. I have a wealth of experiences that I've lived through, and it's associated with my color. And we need to have kids being fully aware that you can see all of that and still be kind and loving. Um, But we're seeing the issues that we're having because a lot of those conversations, we ignore the elephant in the room. Um, So have an open and honest dialogue that's age appropriate. So if you're talking to your two and three-year-old toddlers, it's, hey, what do you see different with this one? What do you see different with that one? Can you be nice with everyone? Does everyone deserve to have that fair, equal treatment? Yes, we can be nice and we can be friendly. Um, And with your older ones, you have those more serious questions, but you also give them, you expose them to everything and allow them to ask you questions and then you answer it. The best way to talk to your kids, though, it's modeling for them what you would have them do. They listen to 7% of what we say. So those articulate speeches that we create, if they're not backed by our direct body language and our behaviors, our attitudes, they pick up on all the stuff we're not saying more than the stuff we do say. You know, it's funny. I have older kids. Um, One's a teenager and one's a young adult. And you said they listen to 7%. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel good as a parent, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say some days I feel like 7% is a little high. Oh. <laughs> I'm like a lot. So, so when, but so like this weekend when, when we turn on the TV and you know, it's, it's nonstop coming at you, you know, do you have any advice for, and, and we're having this conversation because we know that there's parents and grandparents that listen and watch this show. And, and we want to be responsive. We want, everybody wants to be part of positive change. So how, like, so how do you, you know, if you click on the TV and you see, you know, our media is fantastic at bring uh, highlighting the extremes, right? So, so when, when they're talking and, and showing businesses that are getting broken into, how do you reframe that conversation to, you know, to kind of center in on what the real issues are? So I'm glad you said it that way. The media is very effective at creating clickbait. 
Um, That's your business model. Yeah, it is. And it keeps people coming back, whether you're going to put a post that says you're you're bigoted and all of that, or you're going to put a post like, see, this is why we're doing it. You're going to click. They're going to generate that constant um, views, those constant views and ratings. So for parents, it's one, understanding that that TV has that beautiful button that says power. When you click it, it shuts off. Um, So you have control of it but also identifying your primes. We are primed to feel and to think, and then we're going to respond based on those thoughts and feelings. So if I see that all you're showing me is the burning buildings, but you're not showing me um, protesters that are walking up to police officers handing out bottles of water, if you're not showing me both sides, I now as an informed viewer of your, your program, I have the right and I have the ability to say, this is not what I'm going to view and I can control the narrative. So it's while you're sitting with your children and you're watching this, you want them to see the extremes, but you want to find a way to bring them back to the middle ground. The same way we can say only a small percentage of this force or this group is bad, we want to also say only a small percentage of what you're seeing on TV is reflective of the greater group. So we don't want that small percent to taint what's happening. It's not what's wrong with what we're seeing. It's what happened that caused what we're seeing to be present. That's the reframe, not necessarily focusing on the negatives, but focusing on why those things are happening in the first place. Well, if I could just jump in on that, I I know the one thing that we do with our kids, as you guys know, we adopted two boys and um, we're restarting this whole raising kids again. And uh, they have their own experience, especially the the older one. And so, you know, when he's watching TV, we're not, you know, my wife and I, we're not preaching at them. We're, we're, we are giving them the facts. They might be playing roadblocks and we may stop them from playing roadblocks just to take a second to see what's going on, have that discussion, that positive discussion, and then talk about how we live and how we want this narrative to play out and, and what is wrong and, and what is the right way to do uh, a certain act. I know, Will, one of the things that I saw on Facebook uh, that you posted was you expressed, I, I, I don't want to steal it from you, but you, your son wants, your oldest son wants to be a police officer. Yes. And, and you had a conversation with them about that. Can you, can I put you on the spot and can you kind of just Absolutely. recap that? Absolutely. Well, you know, it was it was very intentional that him and I were going to go out to breakfast and I take my boys out as I did all my kids for those one on ones. And it's very important to to do that anyway, not just when we have tragedies such as this. And we had that conversation about how I felt about all of it, how I felt as a black man, how I felt as a black leader how I feel as a person. And so in the midst of all that, he could see that I am angry by what happened, but I'm also sad about what's happening. And so we were able to have that dialogue and understand my own personal experiences uh, play into some of my conversation with my son. And um, he was like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a cop anymore. And I said, yeah, but you are going to be a cop. You're just going to be, not going to be a bad cop. And because I have, I've been around law enforcement my entire life and 
family that's in law enforcement. I mean, I served in the military. So I know there's so many great people out there doing great things. We just got to change the narrative and we got to get it fixed and we can do it collectively. And this expression went from like real serious to like, okay, dad, is that what you, I'm good now. Okay. I can, I can be a cop again. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Let's, let's finish eating what we do and, and doing what we do. <laughs> But that's our responsibility as as parents, as parents. And I, I think there's an important piece of what you said, Will, and it was that he was paying attention to how it was affecting you. And I think we don't always give kids credit for what they're watching, what they're absorbing, what they're learning from how we say and act. And, and Crystal said it, you know, they're going to respond more to what we do and how we act than what we say to them. And I think we sometimes forget that they're really listening to everything and they're, they're absorbing what's happening in the house. And, and maybe it's not what's on the TV, but it's the conversations that you're having with someone on the phone. Like they're, they're paying attention to all of it. And we don't always give them credit for everything that they're, they're taking in. So Crystal, I'm going to ask for your advice. And this is quite honestly a little personal. And I'm also cognizant of the time. Uh, we have about eight minutes left. Uh, my son is 19. He's very socially uh, social justice active. And he, like every morning when he woke up, he was like shaking. He's so angry and upset. And, and he doesn't know how to place that anger and he doesn't know what to do. So, you know, you know, and I've talked to him and, you know, and, and this sounds silly, but I, I showed him, uh, you know, cause you know, kids sometimes they'll listen to other adults but they won't listen to their parents like it sinks in a little bit better so this is you're gonna laugh at me but uh i showed him uh, a clip from a david Chappelle special where he talks about uh emmett till um and 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 what that meant in history while it was a horrific event he described it as it was jet fuel for the engine for the civil rights movement so i told him i said this could be jet fuel for uh uh change and equity and justice. But I'm just curious, do you, I mean, and that's just me fumbling my way through as a parent over the weekend. I'm just curious, you know, we talked about the younger kids, but for the teenagers that want to do something, and, and I think this is great because we can get them active. Do you have any advice for them? Um, I, I love the fact that you went straight to Dave Chappelle. Um, I think this is a narrative that's been in Black Entertainment for years. I saw a snippet of um, Family Matters yesterday where Eddie came home and told Carl about being pulled over and how, so all of this, none of this is new. The first publication um, that talks about this in the Black community came out in 1829. It was The Appeal by David Walker. And in that, he was a free Black man sending out this message to Um, slaves at that time to empower themselves, to get knowledge, to seek knowledge, um, and from that, do what you must to empower yourself, to to liberate yourself. Um, But in order for him to be successful, he couldn't do it by himself, and he had white counterparts to help. I'm saddened by the fact that we're still doing some of the stuff that he's talking about in 1829, but I'm encouraged by the fact that we're not sowing those those books and those pamphlets into clothes anymore to have sailors distribute them all over the country. Now we have TikTok. 
Now we have IGTV. Now we have Facebook Live. So my message is going to be the same as his from 1829. Learn. Seek after knowledge. And once you seek after knowledge, sit in the uncomfortable feeling that you have and then find what's right for you. If you are a outspoken verbal person, you might be willing to do what I do. I make t-shirts just for fun. I make t-shirts, I make face masks with print on it directly or just for the one purpose of engaging people in conversations. And I do, and not all of those conversations are pleasant. And some of my intention is never to change mindsets. It's just to start the conversation so that you have more awareness. So if that's something that he's into, do it that way. If being behind the camera and posting a video is what he's into, do it. If going into another culture and learning about what's what's good and what's not so good and how you can do something to show that you are for their equality and for whatever his strength is, play to his strength. We're not recreating the wheel. Where we all have a God-given gift and talent, and that's all you have to do is use that gift and talent in that way. Um, but I love the fact that I'm seeing this movement. When I took my, I have my oldest is nine, and I took her to the peaceful protest in Stewart last weekend. And I love the fact that one, it was organized. One of the organizers was a 15-year-old student from Martin. Um, but two, I love that she got to see that it wasn't a black issue. One of the first things she said to me was, everyone is here, mommy. Like, yes, because this isn't a black versus white. This is a black and white versus racism. This is a black and white versus oppression. So we all sit together in this and we all work to do something for it. So whatever his strength is, whatever, and for people listening, whatever your strength is, whatever your gift and your talent is, You were created for such a time as this to use that gifting, to use that talent, to do something, to cause people to think and to cause people to change. My fear in all of this is that this movement is a trending thing and it is all over everyone's feed. But when the next thing that comes up that distracts us, takes us away, is this still going to be something that we talk about? Is this going to be something that we still think is so unfair that we black out our screens on Tuesdays? I hope that it is something that lasts longer than a 60 day, than a 60 day impact. You know, we actually, and I've had that conversation too, that, that exactly that, like, you know, we hope that this is a conversation and we, and we as leaders, and I'm looking at all four of us, we're leaders you know, even if it dies down in the media, it doesn't have to die down with us. Yeah. And, and we have a responsibility to continue to have these conversations. And I, I like the idea, uh, Crystal, of playing upon uh, individual strengths. Because some people are, you know, they have no problem speaking in front of a group. Other people aren't built that way, but they may be more comfortable filming or coming up with a message or, quite honestly, just educating themselves. Yeah. And don't allow people to, another fear that I have in this season is gaslighting. Don't allow anyone to gaslight you in a feeling that you have to do it in this prescribed way for your voice to be heard. Your voice gets heard when you let your voice get heard. It's not mandated to do it in any specific way. Do it according to your strength. But at the same time, you should feel a little bit uncomfortable, all I'm saying, but do it according to your strength. 
So we, we've come to the end. I knew this was going to happen. I knew like right when we got to the heart of it, we'd be out of time. Larry, you know, you could give us an hour show. I'm just saying, Larry. But uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll have you guys. Petitions on their way. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have, if, if it's okay, we'll, we'll do this again um, if, if you all are agreeable. Uh, there's two things I just want to recap on. One, uh, for parents, have the conversation with your kids. Obviously, age appropriate. But I think be honest, like Crystal said and Will said, be honest with them. Talk about how you're feeling and allow them the space to educate themselves and give them that information as well. And the last thing I want to do is uh, we kind of had a little pre-huddle before we actually hit the record button. And I'm wondering, Crystal, would you be all right reading what's on your wall right behind you? Sure. It says start late, start over, start again, start scared just start. Right. And so if you're watching this and you haven't thought about it and what you can do, I think listening is a good way, educating, but more importantly, just start. start. All right, folks, we are out of time. Um, Again, I almost feel like I should apologize because right as the conversation got really good, we have to wrap it up. But uh, uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, it's a weekly radio program on 104.5 The Flame every Sunday at 10 a.m. And during a pandemic, apparently it's a TV show as well. Uh, but uh, we're going to have more conversations. Um, so we hope that you stay tuned. And remember, it's our children, our community, our future. More than ever, we're all in this together. We'll see you next time.